0: Hello, this is your Polycast for Monday, April 6th, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy in the NPR newsroom. On today's edition, Governor Tim Walz gives an unusual state of the state address from the governor's residence. Governor Walz addressed the state last night amid the ongoing battle with the coronavirus epidemic.
1: The state of our state is strong. The state of our state is resilient and the state of our state is united. In a statewide speech
0: delivered from the governor's residence, Walls also told Minnesotans to prepare for some difficult days ahead as COVID 19 cases and deaths mount. Our reporter Brian Bax talked to Kathy Werzer about the speech. Here's Brian.
2: It was also a very short focus speech, 12 minutes long, and all about coronavirus. He spoke from the governor's residence wearing jeans and an open-collared shirt, under a sweater and sport coat. There was a pot of lilacs, fake, I should note, beside his wing chair. And the speech was serious in tone, but it was packed with stories about sacrifices and ways people are getting by. Walls himself appeared to get a tad emotional when he told of hockey families rounding up a supply of face masks for a nurse in their ranks. You know, Walls has been in office for 15 months now, but this crisis has been the first real exposure to him for many people, He's had a daily presence through briefings broadcast statewide, and there's no doubt he's had to make some tough decisions to close schools, businesses, and more. What stood out to you about the speech? Wall spoke of shuttered restaurants, deserted classrooms, empty streets, and vacant church pews. He compared it to a long, cold winter. He really put it in stark terms, the, the grim days that are still to come. So take a listen to that.
1: These last few weeks have been difficult, but it's only going to get harder. Long hours of darkness lie ahead of us. We're going to do everything in our power to save lives. And as hard as we work, we're not going to be able to save everyone.
2: But in the following breaths, he spoke of Minnesota neighbors helping one another get through it, companies stepping up. He painted the scene of brighter days as spring moves into its full
1: bloom. And when it does, we will dig out, Minnesota. We will do whatever it takes to support Minnesotans and businesses to get back on their feet. Our communities will be forever changed. Our state will be forever changed, and our world will be forever changed. We will grieve all that was taken from us, but we will also celebrate all that was given to us.
2: It was interesting because Wall seemed to be pleading with people to keep up the sacrifice without losing hope that it will end.
0: So I watched the speech last night, and I was wondering whether he was going to announce any new strategies uh, that didn't appear to happen.
2: No, he really didn't. The governor made no mention of the death toll. It stands at 29 or the accelerating rate of confirmed COVID cases. That total count is fast approaching 1,000. The stay-at-home order he imposed last month is due to expire on Friday, but Walls indicated last week it will be lengthened, perhaps until the end of April. I would expect that there would be some adjustments made to it, more professions deemed critical, and more recreational activities given the go-ahead. But Walls didn't make his intentions clear last night.
0: You have a story that's uh, posted here at nprnews.org this morning about the damage that the virus, the pandemic, could do to the state budget. What's the bottom line on that?
2: Tough times are ahead. It was a little more than a month ago when Minnesota officials were predicting a $1.5 billion surplus. Now there's near universal belief that a deficit is not far off. Uh, State revenues are certain to drop with a crush of people out of work and most people spending far less than they normally would. Reliance on government programs is growing. And the state's finance agency has run some simulations about how the tax revenues could fall. They compare the situation to the last recession and suggest that the anticipated collections of income, corporate, and sales taxes could drop by as much as $3 billion over the next 15 months.
0: How are Management and Budget Commissioner Myron Franz and uh, state lawmakers preparing for this?
2: Well, Franz told me last week that he's likely to call for a new economic forecast. Normally, one wouldn't come until late November or early December, France said that the state can't afford to wait so long to assess how bad things are.
0: Is there a practical reason for doing that?
2: Well, if the forecast expected to come in summer shows a projected deficit, it would allow Governor Walls and his team to access state reserves to cushion the blow. Minnesota has a pretty healthy reserve of more than two billion dollars, so it's better positioned than some other places to weather a storm. France, by the way, is due to appear before a Senate working group on COVID-19 today, and on Friday, we'll get a report on tax collections for the first three months of the year.
0: Hey, before you go, I see that the legislature is in session tomorrow. They're going to take up a workers' comp bill.
2: Yeah, this bill has been in negotiation for more than a week, and they're going to come in the House at noon and the Senate at 2, and they'll pass this bill, which will give more health care workers and first responders uh, protection if they contract COVID-19 on the job.
0: That's reporter Brian Bax talking to Kathy Werzer about Governor Tim Walz's State of the State speech last night. Now, before the governor's speech, Republican State Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka put out a video statement. It was basically a unity message saying he supports Governor Walz and President Trump. Here's part of what he had to say.
3: I am walking hand-in-hand, arm-in-arm with the Governor, with the House, with the Senate. We're in this together, and we're going to defeat COVID-19 together, and so that's the main message I wanted to say today, but then what is the Senate doing? I I will tell you that we've already signed three bills, 100% unanimous support of Democrats and Republicans, providing over a half a billion dollars to the Governor to take care of the things that he has to move quickly on with his emergency powers. That's really important that he can have those resources to buy masks and ventilators and all the different things that we need for the battle against COVID-19. And, and let me just say, I, I had a conversation with a nurse a couple of days ago and just could feel the emotion of, do you have our back? And I just felt like we, would, we needed to move hell or high water to make sure that they had all the resources they needed because they're on the front lines taking care of this. And so we're doing that. We're giving the governor resources. When he makes requests, we approve them ASAP because we want to make sure those people on the front lines are taken care of. The next thing that we need to do related to that is if they do get COVID-19, they want to know that the workers' compensation benefits are are for them, we will pay them if they get COVID-19. Absolutely, we'll make sure that that gets done. The Work Comp Council has been working to make sure the language is, is in place to clarify that. We'll follow through and make sure that that happens for you. So we're going to battle this together, The the resources that we're building up is to make sure that we have the resources when the surge comes that we're ready. That's phase one. The second thing that we need to do working together is what do we do about the livelihood of so many Minnesotans that have lost their jobs, can't make their mortgage payments, are stuck and may never come back to the jobs they have. So we have to figure out how we're going to jump start that economy. How do we make sure that these jobs come back? That's the most important thing we can do is provide resources to, to jump it back. And I know the governor wants to do that too. We need to work together to make sure that we're doing that so we can get Minnesota back on track as soon as possible. The more jobs that we can allow people to start as soon as they can the better. If you're a landscaper, if you're out on the golf course, if if you're a putting docks in the water, all of those kind of things, if we do social distancing, I think we can do. And so let's get Minnesota back to work again as soon as possible. And then the third one is because of this massive strain on the economy and the revenues coming to the state of Minnesota are significantly lower and we're gonna have a budget shortfall next year. And so we're saying let's focus on the budget that the state of Minnesota has to work on we need to tighten our belt. We need to ask everybody, what is it that we're doing? How do we do it better and less expensive? Because we, we can't print money like the federal government does, and so we have to live within the resources we have. So those are the three things we're going to do. Governor, we're going to work with you, and we're going to be successful over COVID-19. Thank you. God bless you and your families.
0: That's Republican Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka pledging to back DFL Governor Tim Walz in this effort to overcome COVID-19. And that's your Polycast for this Monday, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy in the Minnesota Public Radio Newsroom.